Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast, brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here, as always, on the Greatest Games Podcast, a chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. It can be their time as an ops guy, as a head coach, a JV coach, a high school coach, just whatever game they think is their greatest game. So, Chris, remind me here, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this is our first time going to Virginia, right? Yes, it is. And Virginia is for lovers, and we love this guy. We love this guy. We love everybody we've ever met from Virginia with no, yeah, no exceptions there. But this gentleman just finished his first year as the special assistant to the head coach and just got bumped up to a full assistant coach. Kevin Giltner, welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast. I appreciate you guys having me. This is uh... – when you guys sent me the details, I was really excited to join this, man, and uh, look forward to sharing some stories. I uh, appreciate you having me. Well, I shouldn't tell them that I'm a UVA uh, fan, should I? Whoa. Well, let's Ooh. go ahead and wrap up the podcast right now. Thanks <laughs> yeah, for tuning in. We're done. No, one, of, one of my best friends uh, growing up, he, he went and he played football at UVA back in the day. So I was, uh, But then I met some great people from Virginia Tech. We were talking about it before we came on air when uh, Coach Greenberg was up there and Coach Odom was at South Carolina. They were good friends, and we scrimmaged them a couple years in a row and met some great people, Ben Thompson, um, Obviously, Ryan Odom was up there as an assistant for a long time, and uh, it's, a, it's a really great place, Virginia Tech. The, the Blacksburg's a cool uh, college town, and Virginia Tech's a beautiful place. It really is. We love it up here so far. We're, uh, we're happy to be here for sure. Well, and it's a big-time university, too. And I remember working a camp there. I can't remember what year I was up there working camp, but just meeting gentlemen up there. And he said, uh, it was Bruce at the time, and he said, hey, let me go back in here. And uh, Frank Beamer was the head coach at the time for football. He said, let's, let's go back and meet Frank. You know, just like here's a, a high Division one football coach. We're up there working camp. Nobody he doesn't care who I am. He just taking me back here in the head football co- coach office is, just has that small college feel, but it's big-time college athletics. No, that's, that's a great way to put it. Um, there's a lot of serious people here that don't take themselves too serious. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's big time athletics, but everybody from the football staff down to our staff, I, I hope, and, and every other, you know, big name person in Blacksburg, they're just low key people, man. And they're just um, good coaches, good people. It's a great place to live. And it does have that traditional college feel, you know, it's a beautiful campus. All the athletics venues are on campus. You know, and uh, it's not like you're in Atlanta at Georgia Tech or, you know, D.C. and Georgetown. You know, everything here is centered around the Hokies. So they've been very welcoming to us as a new staff here. And uh, we love it, man. We love it. Well, Coach, why don't you take us through uh, uh, your journey in basketball and and how you got to uh, be there at Virginia Tech? Just kind of take us through your resume. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been riding coattails for a long time, man. I uh, I signed (laughs) – with Coach Young to play at Wofford. I played at Wofford uh, from 2008 to 2012. Um, then I wanted to play a little bit. I uh, thought I wanted to play a little bit. Went overseas and played one year uh, in Iceland, came back. And the whole time I was there, kind of half in, half out, wanted to coach bad. I've always wanted to coach. And Coach Young had a spot open uh, as a director of basketball operations. So I joined him for one year in that role. And then uh, timing had it where uh, an assistant spot opened up and he, and he bumped me up into assistant uh, in year two there. So I was assistant there for the last five or six years at Wofford. Uh, we had a lot of success um, at Wofford ended up being top 20 in the country. 
um, at the end of the year and beat Seton Hall in the tournament and, you know, had a, a just a magical year. We were 30 and five and Coach Young gets the job here. You know, he's from Radford, Virginia, which is 15, 20 minutes away. So this is – it made a lot of sense. And um, he said, come on up here with me. And um, I did, and I'm so glad I did, man. So I, I was a special assistant to the head coach last year. And then um, early this summer got bumped up to assistant here at Virginia Tech. So uh, trying to find our way during this coronavirus uh, has been wild, but um, we're figuring it out. And that's kind of my, that's kind of how I ended up here. So this episode is about you, Kevin Giltner. However, I know I've, oh, I've mentioned it to you before. I go way back with Mike Young as a camper back in 1991 as a 12-year-old at Walford College going to basketball camp there with the Sumter, <laughs> South Carolina crew. Absolutely magnetic guy. And yes. I want you to, you know, I think some people may not have heard of Mike Young when he went from Walford to Virginia Tech. And so I want, I want you to tell our listeners about what kind of guy Mike Young is. But, again, it's about you, what kind of atmosphere y'all are creating there, what kind of culture y'all are, have already created at Virginia Tech. Well, I certainly don't want to make it about me. I'd, I'd love to – I'd talk about Coach Young all day. That's kind of my job, right? Uh, but he, he's awesome. Uh, he he is just a great human being who happens to be a really good basketball coach. I, I really do believe that. He's a great leader uh, of different personalities. You know, he's been a head coach now for 19, maybe 20 years. And you can imagine just the type of different people he's had come through his program, whether it be assistant coaches, players, managers, what so have you. And, and, and he's just incredible at, at kind of melting all those personalities and egos together and, 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 and making something good out of it. Um, great human being. Great. Like, I, I like hanging out with him. We love going over to his house and, and hanging out with him and his wife, Margaret, and his kids and, and you know, um, cooking out with them. And so, like, we enjoy hanging out outside of basketball. He's just that type of guy. And he makes everybody feel welcome. There's so many stories at Wofford. Uh, where he's walking around campus, you know, going for a walk and sits there and talks to a chemistry major for 30 minutes about God knows what. But that's just who he is. You know, he's the same way here. You mentioned Frank Beamer. Um, Coach Young and Frank go on a walk almost every day uh, around campus. It, they are so similar. They are so similar. Uh, and I don't know Frank that well, Coach Beamer that well, but uh, a lot of people around here say they remind each other – they remind them of each other so much. and. Just good people, man. He, like, he has no ego. That's just the best thing about him. He's incredibly easy to work for. Now, he's demanding you gotta, you got to get your job done. And, you know, just like the basketball court, he'll let you know what he thinks. But very easy to work for, very easy to play for. And like you said, that magnetic. I haven't heard that, but that's, that's, that's real. You know, people want to hang out with him and be around him and, and, and play and work hard for him. Well, that's, that's a great story about – or just great that him and Frank Beamer um, – go for a walk every day and that you know don't want to get too much into it about Virginia Tech but it's one of those special places we talked about a little bit but Frank Beamer hasn't been the head coach there now for five or six years but he's still there on campus I know he's like in a special assistant role but that says a lot about the university that you know listen Frank Beamer could have just went down to Florida like a lot of coaches do when they retire and he you know he's still there in Blacksburg hanging around the university so that says a lot about the university for sure no absolutely Uh, it's a lot well it's very very different than Wofford where he was for so long, but it's also a little bit similar in that regard that there's been a lot of people here that have been here for a long time. 
So I think that's one big similarity. You know, at Wofford, there's so many people that have been there for 25, 30, 40 years. It's the same thing here. So it really is the people that make it at these types of places. And both those places uh, have special people for sure. Well, so you talked a little bit about Coach Young, and I asked this question, I think, on one of our – about two episodes ago to one of our coaches, and I don't want you to use your parents. That's too easy. Okay. But tell me about a person that's been highly influential in your life, personally, professionally, whatever you want, but that, that has just been a special person that's helped you in your life. Well, I mean, the, the obvious answer is, is Coach Young and, and, and my high school coach. Like, people don't understand how much I owe to Mike Young. I make a very, very tough decision in the recruitment process to commit to Wofford. They hadn't won any championships. You know, Coach Young wasn't Coach Young at that point. Um, but I, I, I believed in him and I trusted him. And I go and we have a great four years together. We won the first two championships ever at Wofford. Then I want to get into coaching. He, he, he sticks his neck out for me and, and, and hires me as an inexperienced guy as ops. Next year, he hires me as an inexperienced guy, as an assistant. And I owe the world to that guy. You know, he has literally given me everything professionally and collegiately that I have. And, and so he's for sure. And then I'll give a lot of credit to my high school coach, uh, Jamie Wilson, who really challenged me, man. He was really, really hard on me. But he really helped me be the college player that I was and, and a lot of the men I am today. So I – it's so cliche to say your parents and your coaches, but it really is true, man. Like I live around sports um, and I grew up in a pretty athletic family. So that's uh that's easy one for me as my coaches and coach young is, is for sure that guy for me. And where, and where did you go to high school? Where does this coach? I went, I, yeah. I went to Harpeth high school right outside of Nashville, Tennessee and Kingston Springs. Okay. No one's ever heard of it. Real small one, right. One red light town. Um, but he was, uh, he was a huge influence on my life. Well, Coach, uh, this is a little little behind the, uh, inside baseball here. Uh, we were With the stuff we were talking about before the podcast, <laughs> uh, Coach Rosefield and I enjoy Nashville. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, it, that is an easy place to enjoy. Uh, I uh, love to go back and visit my old high school buddies. <laughs> it's, it's a good time. <laughs> and for those that are not privy to the pre-show – uh, chats. What we were talking about was arts and crafts time, uh, <laughs> Bible just, study. But yeah, that's right. That's right. Just the, the great things, all the resources that are available in a major city like Nashville. So. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, Kevin, I, you just said something that really piqued my interest. That Coach Young gave you an opportunity as an inexperienced guy. You said you wanted to coach, and he gave yeah. you that opportunity as an inexperienced guy. Now, you know, I work as a high school AD, and I'm forever trying to impress upon young coaches like what it takes to be a a good assistant coach what it takes to be a good head coach so what was it that he saw in you what were you trying to do that had him take a chance on you as that inexperienced guy he he, he told me a story uh I was a senior and we were recruiting a couple of kids that I, I didn't know I was a senior I was a player and he had me join in on the visit hey you know show this family Wofford from a player's perspective and he was there too. I mean, we all went around campus and he told me then he was like, I think, you know, you always talked about how you want to be a good coach. And I think right then you impressed me to where I thought that you would be a good coach one day. Um, and as you all, you guys know, cause you guys have been in it. Coaching basketball is 10% of the job, right? 
it's it's recruiting it's all the other stuff so um I, I i don't know i'd had no idea that that was a little interview i had no idea but i guess it was and um i i don't know he just saw that in me and i guess um i was an easier guy to coach you know i listened i didn't cause any trouble i guess and i'm not saying i was a good player or anything like that but um you know my senior year we were five seniors and five freshmen that played. It was bizarre. So us five seniors really had to put that leadership hat on and teach these guys early on what college basketball is, how you comport yourself, how we're on time. So I really had to be a leader. And and maybe that helped. He hasn't ever said that. I don't know. But I'm just glad he gave me a shot. And, and then when I became the ops, I really wanted to be involved in recruiting behind the scenes. I really wanted to be involved in every single visit, every single graphic that we made, every single – meeting I, I really wanted to dive into that stuff so it would be natural if a spot did open up lo and behold it happened in one year i did not expect it i'm so thankful that it did um and, and i guess that's why he did it but and i went to whopper too you know so that helps and i played for his system so uh incredibly lucky incredibly lucky with all that timing I'll tell you, I'm going to jump in here real, real quick, Chris. I think something you said, I love all of that answer, but just the willingness to be able to jump in and be behind the scenes and the graphics and the recruiting, all the planning and everything, like that's yeah. a huge trait in and of itself just to be able to take that initiative. And again, like what I'm trying to impress upon coaches and that's the, everything that all three of us did to get where we are now, whether it's not, it's not a good, bad, right or wrong, it's just that we were willing to jump in and yeah. Chris and I packed the airplane on trips. Yes, we'll pack the airplane, whatever it is just anything and everything anything yeah. and everything man whether you're organizing a team camp whether you're passing out compression shorts in a locker room whether you're trying to schedule a guarantee game whether you're you know uh putting in the offense what just do it and go all in with it man I, I tell people that all the time especially when you're young you don't have kids you don't have a wife like live there live there and just if you really love it it'll treat you right yeah you talk about those things, and Brian talked about them, and we, the people that we've known that we worked with in South Carolina, we, that theme has come up. But, it, I mean, like you you highlighted a bunch of things. But even, like, if you're in Castle Coliseum and, and you're there early kind of hanging around and you see the, the, the staff uh, of Castle Coliseum putting out the chairs for the bench, you help do that, you know, yeah. whatever it takes. No doubt. And, no and doubt. all those that things is one lead thing to success. I learned, from Coach Young. I learned that from – sorry to interrupt you. I learned that from Coach Young. That guy knows every single custodian's name on Wofford's campus, every single one of them, and knows who they are, where, how long they've been there. He knows every single cafeteria worker by name. He knows everybody. And Brian, I know, can attest to that because I'm sure he's seen it. And that dude knew everybody's name, and I always thought that was so impressive. So, like what you said, I, I think that is so important. I saw it. We'll give a shout-out. We talked to him on our episode about it, but our friend Brett Carey, is like that. And when, when I was a contemporary of Brett's, I saw that he was like that. I mean, the guy knew every person's name that worked in Colonial Life Arena, the ticket takers, right, the maintenance guys, security, whatever it was. He said hello to all of them, knew all their names. Like, I knew most of their names. He knew all of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going to need that person one day. And and you want them to feel like they have a great relationship with you. And um, I, I, I can't stress enough how important that is. So we're trying to do that here. And I think we've done a pretty good job so far. But a lot more people at Virginia Tech than Wofford. <laughs> right. <laughs> Coach, tell me about some, some things you do to work on your craft and work on becoming a better coach every day. Man, I'll tell you what. Um, 
our other two assistants on our staff, um, and even the one that just left, Antoine Jackson, Chester Fraser, uh, and Christian Webster, I, I watched those guys because they've done it at this level. You know, they've recruited at this level. They've coached at this level. Um, so I watch. I watch what they do. And I try to have zero ego about this thing. Please tell me when I'm wrong. Please tell me what I should be learning. Please tell me what I can work on. So I try to, I try to be that guy. Uh, and then on the basketball side of things, I like to watch a lot of film. I, I watch a lot of film. I like to be involved in more scouts than just mine, you know, um, at least the way we do it. You know, we break it up. You got these, you got these, you got these, and you know how it goes. But um, I think learning the game, watching the NBA, I know the NBA gets certainly it's, it's, it's uh, negative feedback sometimes about this, that, and the other, but it's great basketball to me. And I, I just love to watch the game. Uh, so if there's a basketball game on, I'll watch it and I want to learn from it. But those, those two things are probably the biggest thing. And um, I love to go to other people's practices. I love to go see um, Dustin Currency, you know, Brian at at Appalachian state. I want to go see him practice. I want to go see, um, we went and saw coach Barnes at Tennessee practice when I was at Wofford. Uh, I I love doing that. Saw Richie McKay at Liberty. I want to watch successful coaches and, and see what – because Wofford's the only thing I know. Mike Young, Wofford, Virginia Tech, that's the only thing I know. That can be a good thing. That can be a bad thing. It's work, so it's a good thing. But it can be a bad thing because I, I want to really expand my horizon and see other people do different things differently. Um, there's, a, there's a million ways to skin a cat, as they say, right? But some of them can work. And I, I love to see other people practice. And I take notes on those occasions that I can do that. Uh, I wish I could do it more. Well, Coach, you were invited to a Saddlebrook Falcon practice anytime you're in New Jersey. <laughs> I'll send you a film of my team. You'll love it. It's terrific. I'd love to come. <laughs> that's so encouraging to hear. You know, that's one of the things that I love to do, even as a high school AD not coaching basketball, is go to college practices and, and, and every now and again another high school. That's it's really cool to know that college coaches go to other college coaches' practices. I think oh, really I, cool. I would do it a lot more if it wasn't so taboo, you know, like – yeah. Some people are very secretive. Like, right. It's just basketball, I, I, man. Nobody's yeah, reinventing the wheel. <laughs> I'm not writing down your play calls. Like, <laughs> I want to see how you run this drill. I want to see how you taught your team. I want to see how you do this thing in a different drill, you know. But um, I wish I could do it more. I, I would I would get out there more and more and see people practice and do that type of stuff. But, you know, nowadays there's so many resources online with coaching clinics and you know, X's and O's guys. I, I try to join those and, and, and watch those too. Well, I tell you, it's, it's such a – the theme has come up a lot on this podcast about just basketball coaches helping other basketball coaches and that I don't know any many other industries that are, that are like that. Maybe there are, but it's just it's such a neat thing about basketball. But all right, Kev. And that's part, partly what we started this podcast for too, Brian. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it. And we've, we've seen some really – I mean, it's it's been very gratifying to – to hear some of the comments from guys and, and girls that are listening to this and just like, wow, it was really, really great what that coach shared. And anyway, so it's just a little mini coaching clinic every, uh, every Sunday and Wednesday, right, Chris? No doubt. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right, Kev, let's go ahead and get to the, the greatest games. I know you got a couple that you want to talk about. So the greatest game, any, any background information, take us in the arena, take us into the into the gym for your greatest games. Uh, this is 2017. Uh, 16, 17 season. We're in 2017, um, and we're playing a normal, regular season home game in the Benjo at Wofford. Um, literally one of the craziest games ever. So Samford 
we're playing Sanford. Um, I can't remember exactly where both of us were in the standings at that point, but Sanford was always a really tough out. Coach Padgett did a heck of a job with that team. And the game goes to four overtimes. Literally the most points in a college basketball game ever It was in that game. It was 131 to 129, I think. So we scored the most points out of any college basketball in the history of college basketball, which was wild. But the events in that game were just bonkers. Um, I know I sent you a little bit of the highlights of it. We were all over Sports Center, Scott Van Pelt, all that jazz. Um, but I'll set it up, okay? Regular, regular, regular game is is pretty typical. Um, we are it's a tie game. No, I take that back. We are uh, we're down two, and uh, we go in and score whatever overtime. We're thankful. We should have been beat. We should have been beat. First, first overtime is uh, is it, is pretty normal. Nothing crazy happens. Uh, I've got some notes here. I'm gonna have to look at them. Uh, but the second overtime, it got nuts. it got nuts. We were down five. Okay, with 17 seconds left, with the ball, we're toast. We're down five with 17 seconds left. Okay, Fletcher McGee shoots a double NBA three. I'm talking about deep. <laughs> he just comes off a handoff, wasn't even part of the play, just pulls it. And if you guys know Fletcher, he had the neon green light. Do whatever the heck you want. <laughs> right, this was the dude. He scored like 4,000 points or something in college, right? Like whatever it <laughs> Literally was. Literally most threes in college basketball. Right, he broke Fletcher J.J. Reddick's record, correct? Yeah. Every record. And shot the highest percentage doing it, too. But we're down five, 17 to play. He shoots a deep three. We never press. We do not press. We don't even practice pressing. That's how, like, half-court Coach Young is defensively. Uh, now we like to run offensively, but defensively half-court basics, right? Uh, we press. Obviously, now we're down two. They throw us the ball. Fletcher McGee knocks one down, steals it, scores it, and one. Dude scores six points in five seconds. <laughs> Six points in five seconds. We're up one now. Uh, Brian, I'm not even going to make a joke about my team this year. Okay. I'm okay, not going to make good, a joke. Good, good. So, so we're, we're, we're up one. We're feeling good. We go down, and, and they go down, obviously, and we foul them. Uh, no, I take the back. Sorry. So they go down and score two. We are down one with .8 left on the clock. .8. This is second overtime? Second overtime, we're down one with .8 on the clock. And Eric Garcia, our point guard, who ended up having 36 points in this game, or he had 31 points in this game, he runs up to a guy, Josh Sharkey, who's just standing there and literally runs into him in the biggest, most obvious flop in the history of flops. <laughs> no time run off the clock. They call it. They call it. And uh, he goes down in karma. Obviously, he misses one, makes one. <laughs> <laughs> Triple right. overtime. The Lord wasn't going to let him hit both. Exactly. Exactly. But that that play that he makes, I appreciate you sending the, the highlights of that. Like, you're right. He runs directly into him, right in front of the referee. It's 85 feet from y'all's basket, blows yeah. the whistle, you know. And, like, was was he coached to do that? Was he just no. that heady to be? I no, mean, it's just... no, no. Garcia, if you knew Garcia, his name's Eric Garcia, he is a savvy, <laughs> savvy dude man on all walks of life in the classroom you know socially on the court savvy savvy dude man and he used to do this thing all the time where somebody was guarding him and had a hand in he would just throw his hand up and get the foul call 
So that's literally what he did. He's like 85 <laughs> feet. I have nothing else I can do here. I'm just going to go run to this guy. They don't call it. No big deal. If they do call it awesome. And it happened. I mean, incredibly savvy from this guy. We love to take credit for it. It was not us. That was all Eric Garcia. So he goes down and hits, you know, one. We go into triple overtime. Triple overtime is awesome, but nothing crazy there. Um, but I want to give you a couple stats that will blow your mind. Garcia had 31 points in this game. He played 58 minutes, had zero turnovers. Whoa. Wow. 58 minutes. He's our point guard. 31 points, 58 minutes, zero turnovers. Fletcher McGee has 10 points in regulation and scores 26 points in the four overtimes. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and and like I said, we had the most points ever in a college basketball game in the history. It probably hasn't been broken. I haven't, you know, looked back or whatever. So fourth overtime – um, we're back and forth, back and forth. And I'm talking about, guys, it is like the NBA bubble-type game. People are hitting Just shots. bangers. Bangers. <laughs> Highly contested fadeaway falling out of bounds. <laughs> Bang. Mike Green voice, right? Just unbelievable <laughs> shots. So, again, we're scoring points left and right. It's not like this is a two old men fist fighting. We are scoring points. And we're like, the first team to get a stop is going to win this game. Um they throw on a zone our last possession because, you know, why not, right? They, we can't stop each other. Let's mix it up. Garcia, dagger in the corner three. We go up two. Um, they come down, and uh, we actually blocked a shot to, to seal the victory. But it was like – I guess I think the game started at seven. I think we got out of there like 11 o'clock. It was all over Sports Center. And, I mean, it was our guys were gassed. We played two nights later uh, up at VMI, so it was a crazy little stretch. Um, I got one. I got one little question: Which coach had the most sweat on their shirt by the end of the game? An assistant coach was it Coach Young? Oh, was it you? Hundred oh, percent, Coach Young. He's he a sweater. Is a sweater. Oh man, hundred percent. He's sitting in the timeouts and there's water dripping off his nose. I mean, he is. He's a sweater, but like. He's very, very calm in those situations. He's incredibly calm in those situations. Like, it's funny you bring up sweat because I'm going to contradict myself here. He always told us as a staff, never let the players see you sweat. Never let – not in a literal sense, but in a panic sense. Never let the players see you sweat. And he was cool, calm, and collected, and our team was cool, calm, and collected, and we just kept on hitting shots. And thankfully, we got the win. Uh, We had some luck on our side, and Garcia pulled one of the best moves of all time. And uh, <laughs> it, it worked out. But that was one of the craziest games I've ever been a part of. Four overtime games are crazy in general, but those stats and everything that was involved uh, was just madness. And it was just a regular season game that ended up being all over Sports Center for the next three days. So I'm, I'm so glad you're here for a lot of reasons, Kev. But Fletcher <laughs> McGee, looking at his stats, 500 and it ends his career, 509 threes in four years, yep. 44%. Yep. From from three, he shoots what ninety uh, percent from free throw line. Yep, something yep. like that. Yeah, ninety ninety one percent. What like? How did he what? do that? What happened? Like, <laughs> what happened? That's not supposed to happen. How did he? How does he do that? It's all coaching, Brian. You know that, man. It's all coaching. It's so all assistant yeah. coaching too. That's, yeah, that's the clickbait right there. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that dude. I could I could host a podcast about Fletcher McGee. That that guy that guy is a maniac literally should just put his bed in the in, in the in the gym. And I know you guys have heard a million times, oh, he's the hardest work I've ever seen, blah, 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 blah. 
dude lived in the gym. Dude worked harder than I've ever seen. I thought I worked hard in college. Not even close. I mean, we'd get home from a road trip, BMI, Sanford, whatever, 3 a.m. in the morning. You come into work the next morning, you know, because coaches, they don't sleep, right? You get in there, and he's in there full sweat by himself. No rebounders, nobody. He's running sprints to get tired so he can shoot when he's tired because he knows that he's never shooting a fresh shot in a game. Wow. He's always getting chased. He's running. And then after practice, put him through another hour workout. You know, it just – he's insane. He is insane. And uh, just he, – he developed this jump shot. And I, and I say that it's kind of like a – he never had to really face the rim to shoot the ball. He just kind of jump turn shot that was literally unguardable. If he missed it, he missed it. But, I mean, he made a lot of crazy shots throughout his career. And he mastered our offense, watched a lot of film. Can't tell you how many times – I'd come up in the office late at night or whatever, and he's got the recovery boots on and his laptop sitting in his lap just watching film of all his misses, all his makes, or the opponent he's got to guard. I mean, dude's a maniac. Dude's a maniac. <laughs> you don't have those numbers unless you're a hard worker, but he made us look really good as coaches. Like, we had a top-10 offense in the country that last year we were at Wofford, 100% because of the players. Had nothing to do with the X's and O's. Tell us about, Coach, now I know you had a couple games you want to talk about. Tell us about getting a win in the NCAA tournament. That, that, that is one of my, uh, you know, beating Seton Hall. That is – that's a special game, man. Uh, it's crazy in its own right. We won by 17. Felt like we were underseeded. You know, we were 13 in Ken Palm that year. We were like 15 in the net. That was the new year of the net, right? Or maybe it was the second year of the net. And we ended up getting a seven seed, mm-hmm. uh, which was shocker to us. But we play Seton Hall, and we're like, oh, my gosh, couldn't be a worse matchup. We do not want to play Seton Hall. And then who do you got to play? Kentucky the next game. So we're like, crap. Because we felt like we could make a big-time run. Um, but, man, our guys were so dialed up. We'd been to the NCAA tournament four other times prior to that and, and never won and had a lot of close games. We lost by Wisconsin to three. We lost by eight to Jimmer Fredette and BYU. We lost to we lost by a lot, actually, to Michigan and Nick Stauskas <laughs> and those guys. Then we lost by three to Arkansas and Bobby Portis and all those guys. So we were right there, man. We were right there. So for us to finally crack the code, if you will, and, and get a dub in the NCAA tournament was just for Wofford. I mean, if you know Wofford, that, that place is, is special. And 1,600 students, how are they winning a game in the NCAA tournament? But we did, and that was just a special game. But it, it wasn't particularly wild. I mean, we won in pretty big fashion. Um, but it was a special. Now, where were, now, where were, you? were you, you guys were in Tulsa? It looks like right? no Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm look. I was looking at it wrong. The bracket. You were in Jacksonville. Okay. Yep. So, so Jacksonville's not far. Did you get? Did you get some Wofford alums to drive down oh, there for that yes. game? Oh yes. Oh yeah. So we played in Jacksonville three times. Actually, we played Wisconsin and Jacksonville. We played Arkansas and Jacksonville, and then we played Seton Hall and Jacksonville. So, yes, a lot of black and gold, man. A lot of black and gold made the trip. It's only about a five hour drive. Um, Wofford actually has a lot of students from Florida, Georgia, all that area. So uh, it was great. It was well attended. Um, that post game locker or uh, lobby entrance to the hotel was, man, it'll bring a tear to your eye, man. There were so many people just going nuts for us, and we had to turn around and play Kentucky and then uh, lost by six. I mean, Kentucky's Kentucky, and we lost yeah. by six. So, I mean, it was a, that was a special weekend for sure. Going into that Seton Hall game, I'm looking at the line here. Walford was favored by three. And, you know, for years it's just fighting and clawing just to get, even get in the NCAA tournament. So 
tell me more about that. Did y'all just really come into that game and just really expecting to win? And was this just kind of business as usual to, to win by 16 and go on to play Kentucky or was it? Still well, we like- had, we had, we had won 21 straight, hmm. literally 21 straight. We went undefeated in the Southern conference. So I would like to say, yes, we were feeling very confident and winning was a habit at that point. And we expected to win the game. We felt underseated. We felt, and we, we told our guys that, obviously, right? You're trying to give them any motivation. You're like, man, we got underseated. They're trying to, you know, this, that, and the other. Uh, and they kind of bought into that chip on their shoulder, and we went in there and um, and won. But, yeah, it was uh, – we, we, we expected to win. We wanted to win. And guys followed that game plan to a T. And it wasn't too big of a game. And I'll tell you something else. The five losses we had that year were against high major teams. You know, Oklahoma – uh, Kansas, North Carolina, South Carolina, maybe one more. Uh, oh, it was Kentucky after that. But we right. lost. Four, uh, there we, you go. That's a pretty. Yeah. That's a so good we five. Lost, yeah. So we lost four other high major games before that. So we wanted to prove that not only can we run our conference, we can beat anybody. Uh, so that really helped us in in, in, in in motivating our guys for that game and. Um, seeing a lot of black and gold of the game certainly helped us as well. But like you said, it's really, really hard to go to the NCAA tournament at, at a one big league. It's impossible. Yeah. It's a, you yeah. got to be hot for one weekend. And Coach Young is 5-0 and in championship games in the Southern Conference Tournament. And I, I think that is one of the most impressive stats that when this is your mecca, right, you have to win this game or you're not going. And when he's five and zero. Oh, I think he, that's that, that earns some cool points for sure. And you got to win at the at the at the very least. You got to win three days in a row, pretty much, and with no no real prep time. Even though those teams are in your league and you've seen right. them before, like there's no time. To, you throw on yeah. a quick scouting report, and you're like, guys, we just got to go throw. Them. We got to go play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the purest form of basketball, man. Like. And, and a lot of luck goes into that, man. I'm, there's so many mid-major, low-major, mid-major plus, whatever you want to call them, teams that – what if you have an injury that weekend? What if somebody gets sick that weekend? Mm-hmm. You know, what if what if somebody's girlfriend breaks up with them that weekend? You know, like small <laughs> things like that can alter that entire three-day window where you have to put your entire season on the line. So we've been incredibly lucky and fortunate to have go up there with no distractions and – Everybody's been healthy, and let's let's win a couple games. One of my favorite things, Kevin, as a as a college basketball junkie and fan, when when the brackets come out and there's a team like, and I remember this from a couple years ago, all the people around here were calling it Wooford. Yes. Oh my <laughs> and, god. And they go, "Where is Wooford from? Where does that college even exist?" And I'm like, "I've been in their arena, so yeah, I know." Yeah. It's, uh... I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. There's so many. But as you went, as you continue to go to the tournaments, the more and more kids we talk to on the phone. They're like, oh, I've heard of Wofford. Like, yeah. before that, we had to spell it W-O-F-F, you know, so it, it got more and more familiar as we went Tell them where Spartanburg was. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, no is doubt. It near, it's South Carolina. Is it near the beach? You're like, no, it's nowhere near the beach. It's not anywhere. But, but, but what's crazy is, like, you, you, we're talking to kids now, and, and, yeah, Coach Young was at Wofford for such a long. They're like, oh, he's at Wofford? I saw you on NCAA turn. So, like, the yeah. familiarity is so much better now, and, and – um, I'll tell you right now, you're going to think I'm crazy. One of the biggest things that ever happened to Wofford was beating North Carolina and having it's like seven straight days of publicity on ESPN. So NCAA tournament, okay, you go, you win, you win, you lose, whatever. People forget about you within a day. And 
that North Carolina win that we had in 2017, there was no other game that day. We were the only thing on ESPN, and we didn't play for another, like, eight days. So all over our social media accounts, all over everything, we were just pumping. Wofford beats North Carolina. Wofford beats North Carolina. You know, and they were top five in the country. And that game right there actually gave Wofford more publicity than going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, You're right. It's a great time of the year. You're right, Lisa. That game was December 15th or something like that. Around uh, 22nd. 22nd. 21st. Okay. So, yeah, it's a great. Oh, that's a nice Christmas. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a nice Christmas. I'm happy over that Christmas, man. It was awesome. And uh, everybody in the world was sitting at home watching TV during that time. And this stat here, the Terriers were 0-22 against ranked teams prior to their win over number five UNC at the Dean Dome. Wow. Not a lot of people win in there, that's for sure. Clemson hasn't won in there in 75 years or whatever, or did (laughs) they finally break that? They were on some sort of streak like that. I'm sorry. I think I'm breaking up here. Hold on. Yeah, that's all right. Can you all hear me good? We got you now. Yep. That's all right. Can you hear us? Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that, that, not, not many people have ranked wins, number one. Not many have top five ranked wins. So, you know, we'll take the one and 22 at little old Wofford. <laughs> <laughs> Wofford, not Wofford. <laughs> yes. All right, Coach, we like to wrap up this uh, podcast on a fun question. What's the one thing players would say that Coach Giltner says over and over again? Uh, probably, probably, uh, probably savvy. You know, I've said it many times on here. Uh, they used to crush me when I would do scouting reports and, you know, you just got to have some savvy or some moxie. They, they crush me on that stuff. It's really funny <laughs> to hear them do like impersonations of guys when they do scouting reports or talk about, yeah, it, it, it would probably be that, um, Fletcher actually has a really, really good impression of a bunch of people. Um, especially coach young, but, uh, <laughs> Probably, probably that. That's big in your scouting report. You're like, oh, this guy's savvy that we're going to play yeah, against. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that in big time. I like to say big time a lot. Like big time crossover into a big time step back, <laughs> big time shot blocker. Probably that. I, I got to have some better self awareness in those in those those uh, those talks. Uh, it's so funny to me because. I relate to it so much because having a podcast now, I'll go back and listen to episodes. And I'm like, why did I say, you know, like 19 times in that episode? <laughs> like, and it's got to be the same thing, giving a scout report, Moxie. Oh my God, I said it again. Like, you know, yes. And you say no, it. And then you look at them, Moxie. <laughs> yeah. And then you look at them and they're smiling and laughing. And you're like, all right, now I've completely lost focus. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, it's, it's, it cracks me up because Chris and I have been talking off, off the year over this last week or so about the errs and the ums and the you knows and likes and trying to get those down and I, even now i'm like just don't say it don't say it don't say it yeah, so anyway, yeah. this is really it's really funny kevin wow what a what a great episode man we could uh i tell you what we, we i think an, an idea was born the fletcher mcgee podcast so we'll go ahead and, and pub that whenever you decide to pu- uh, publish that so that's that's great that's great news <laughs> but no, it's been this has been really great to have you on here and um we know there's going to be tons tons more content up there at virginia tech so we'll have to have you back here maybe another year or so after some wins up there uh, yeah yeah we, we we've had some unbelievable wins here so far beat north carolina in two overtimes beat michigan state top five in the country in maui started off the season six and oh i mean this season right here in year one certainly had its 
It's who cares if you stuff. win a game in Maui? You're in Maui. Who cares? <laughs> no doubt. Who cares? Well, well, if you look what happened the other two games when we were out there, you can tell we were in Maui. We uh, <laughs> we beat Michigan State, then we got drubbed by Drayton and uh, BYU, who ended up both of those teams were NCAA tournament teams. But uh, it was, you know, those are certainly some special, special moments and special games that I could have, you know, listed as well. But uh, we, we love it here. And I, I think, like you said, we're going to have some – historic things happen here in Castle Coliseum. So hopefully I can come back and talk about some of that. We can definitely do it and encourage our listeners to check him out on Twitter. It might have the biggest following of any assistant coach we've had on the greatest games, 4,700 Twitter followers at coach. Gilmore. So yeah, that's uh, that's big time coach. So we'll, uh, (laughs) um, we'll celebrate it when you get to 10,000 and all and on beyond, but not literally all I do is retweet Virginia tech basketball. So (laughs) I I guess, I guess Hokie nation is, is proud. There you go. go. Well, again, we can't thank you enough. It's been great. And we'll, just do it again but let's go ahead and button up this one for my co-host Chris de Blasio I'm Brian Rosefield and thank you for listening to this episode of the greatest games <laughs> <laughs>